good evening, salutations, everybody. Welcome to Soaky Nostalgia. Woo! Yeah. Anytime we get to podcast, is a good uh, is a good time. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's go ahead and get into it. Um, this evening, I am the Matt. So Bradley, four times. Well, now I'm just confused. <laughs> Sometimes he says t- t- "tiny," like I'm Ron Burgundy, <laughs> and now he throws in Mick for the first time, and I'm like. My brain just shut off. I'm Alan. Man, you gotta keep people on their toes, dude. <laughs> I thought it was. I thought we just had an extra host on here that uh, you know, Tiny keeps referring to himself as this Mick character. So, you know, instead of four hosts, we got five. You gotta cater to our audience, Tiny. You can't confuse people like that. Eh, be all right. I, I have <laughs> I have faith that our listeners are intelligent. Okay. <sighs> Email me, people. Email. E-M-A-I-L-Us. Come on. Say as as many controversial things as you can about the listeners, so they'll email Matt, and he'll be happy. That's just disappointment. That's just a sigh of disappointment. (laughs) All right, anyway. If you would like to reach us, which I doubt you will, um, SoakyNostalgia at gmail.com, DeadpanStudio18 at gmail.com. Maybe I'm saying it too fast. Soaky, <laughs> soaky nostalgia at gmail.com. If you have Spell trouble typing that in, you can go voice to text. Deadpanstudio18 at gmail.com. Deadpan-studio.com. Do I sound like an ASMR voice doing that? Oh, look, no. A little NPR. bit. Yes. Yeah. Fucking no, yes. NPR. No, sorry, listeners, but wake up and email us. Buzz, 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 buzz. <laughs> of course, we're at on Facebook and Twitter at Soaking Nostalgia and Deadpan Studio 18. Um, if you're listening to us, I know you're out there. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, as well as Podbean, deadpanstudio.podbean.com. Um, let's see here. We've got a little bit of local news, a little bit of controversy. Um, I don't know if anybody's really uh, heard anything about this, but... Um, EPB, uh, Glasgow Electric Plant Board, has suspended the superintendent's uh, contract, uh, and, and he's got to go and defend himself in a, you know, pretty much a firing <laughs> type of, uh, you know, court case because of signing a 20-year ingre- agreement with uh, TVA. Holy, really? Yeah. They had a special, okay, here's what's funny. The way it was set up. They called a meeting, and only three out of the, I, th- I think there's like 12 board members, three out of the 12 board members go, or four, oh, yeah, yeah, let's let's meet up. Everybody else was like, no. The chairperson of it said, uh, no, we're going to cancel it this evening since all of the, uh, you know, all the board members can't be here. So <laughs> four of them, three or four, showed up outside of EPB, finds the doors locked and set up chairs on the outside and have a meeting there because the minimum, according to the, uh, the board regulations is you only need three people. So they voted and they have voted to hire, uh, some attorneys and some consultants to figure out if that TVA agreements, uh, worth any salt, if they can get out of the agreement. And also they're looking to fire Mr. Billy Ray. Man, that's just uh, that's just an oversight in, in legality at that point. Yeah, because here's, make, here's the thing. Why yeah. would? Well, no. I'm just saying. Why would you make a contract where you have 12 board members but only need three of them to do anything? Well, see, here's the thing. A little a little bit of behind the scenes here. Not that I care anything at all about Billy Ray. Really, I think he's a he's a jerk. He can be an idiot. He's the superintendent of. Glasgow EPB. What has that got to do with him and the board? He works for the board, right? Well, you would think so. Okay. So that means anything that he brings to the board, they have to agree to, or, or they, you know, they say yay or nay. It's like going to Congress. You want to pass something, you got to have so many votes, whether you're the person that brings it in or whatever. You don't have to be on the board to bring that up to them, and then they vote on it, yay or nay. 
Billy does not get a vote. He's superintendent. It's a conflict of interest, so he does not get a vote. So all he did is he brought the uh, TVA, because that's who the TVA deals with is him. He brought the 20-year agreement to the board. So what do you think that means by the fact that the 20-year agreement was signed? Survey says. <laughs> that Thank the, you, Al. <laughs> that the board agreed to it, right? They voted, voted and said yes. Yeah, but how do you have a majority with only three people? Well, that's the point. So <laughs> how do you fire? First of all, how do you fire somebody who has nothing to do with the vote? How do you say we're going to lay all this on you and vote to fire you when we're the ones that voted for it in the first place? <laughs> it's called politics, man. Yeah. I mean, really, if anybody knows my personal opinion of Billy Ray, I just I've met him a number of times, you know, not like, hi, Billy, I'm going to spend time with you. But just some of the things he's said and done has just not been the smartest thing in the world. It's been He's kind of an idiot in some aspects. I don't care for him in the least. But it's like my feelings on El Presidente. Uh, why don't you tell us how you really feel? I don't care about him in the least, but I will stand up for anybody that is done wrong. So he's being done wrong. So if I had a boo sound on here, that's what you would get, you know, four members of the, three or four members of the board. Well, their, uh, their public image is shot to hell and has been for quite some time. So I've, I've never heard anything good. No. Well, never. I'll take that back. I've heard one thing good. Yeah. It. You know, the, the the thing of it is, looking at the, the metrics, right now that TVA agreement would be the best thing for Glasgow. And that's, I mean, to bring in another power company who is going to have to spend millions of dollars in order to be able to bring in these new lines in order to run their system, which is completely different, the town's going to be up and it's going to take them at least 10 years to do this. So that's already 10 years into what would have been a 20 year agreement that was going to bring in like, you know, $30 million over 20 years. Just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Do I like, do I like the uh, peak uh, time thing? No, I hate it. I think we used to get cheaper rates. However, I can understand why they signed the agreement because it's the cheapest of what we can get right now. <sighs> I do have one other news story. Uh, national and international. Uh, did you all hear what happened to Brian May of Queen? I just happen to have not heard about it. He's been hospitalized. Yeah, now, don't did you feel like a big Fred? Did they ever figure out why or what's going on? Don't. Yeah. Um, yep. he, he, writ, he writ his butts, his butt cheeks, his gluteus maximus during a session of overenthusiastic gardening. Wow. I guess he ripped ass. Yeah. Well, quite literally, yeah. He said he ripped his butt muscles to shreds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a, that's a legit uh, headline. <laughs> I mean, how, much, how rock and roll can you get? Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Ripping your ass I mean, apart while gardening. COVID right. takes another victim. <laughs> Way to make an ass of yourself. Yeah. <laughs> he ripped himself a new one. <laughs> Ozzy Osbourne somewhere reading that going, well, that's a, I've never done that. <laughs> oh, sure. Come here. <laughs> I can't do a good Ozzy. <laughs> uh, well, it depends. Is he, is he, is he coked out? Is he high? Is he um, on painkillers? Uh, there's different versions of Does Ozzy. Yeah. matter? The man can sing a perfect pitch, but he can't speak a full sentence. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't understand, but yeah. good for him. He can't say the fuck is that. Yeah, oh, yeah, when he cusses, you can. it's it's distinct. Yeah, that's the British in him. takes though. pride in that. Um, <laughs> okay, I, this was on, uh, this isn't a part of what we're talking about tonight, but I, I have to actually run this through you guys because I thought it was hilarious. Um, oh, my I've got God. One of those. Oh, wait, 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 wait. What? Here's another headline from okay. page six. Queen legend Brian May shreds his fat bottom while gardening. Ooh. What? Well played. 
Well played. Well played, sir. Well played. I like that. Now, Adam. <laughs> um, out of respect, he, he does say that the pain is, is re, uh, relentless, so I hope he gets better soon. Me too. Um, so, uh, at work, I, I bought myself a calendar over the Christmas uh, period before, uh, you know, Rona hit. And uh, it's oh. an Uncle John's bathroom reader calendar. And on the 27th of April, I've been saving this. Uh, it says English translations of what major movies were called overseas. So it's like, okay, here's the title of a movie. It's translated overseas. And then we retranslate it over to what it means in English. For example, the Terminator in Poland is known as electronic murderer. In Portugal, psycho is known as the man who killed his mother. It's got a ring to it. Yeah. I mean, literal translation. I love it. Yeah. In China, Field of Dreams, who, okay, I love Field of Dreams, by the way. Field of Dreams, imaginary dead baseball players live in my cornfield. Okay, that that, that wins. That wins. Oh, no. I wonder what children of the corn. (laughs) Eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. If you leave me, I delete you. That was in Italy. Ooh. <laughs> I love it. I love that. Um, in well, that's Ru- very modern because Facebook. Yeah. Silver Linings Playbook in Russia is My Boyfriend is a Psycho. Hmm. Mm. Silver Linings Playbook? Yeah. He wasn't a psycho. I wouldn't consider him a psycho. Yeah. Well, it's Russia for you. Um, in yeah. Thailand, Little Fockers is Zany Son-in-Law, Zippy Grandkids, and Sour Father-in-Law. Wow, that's a mouthful. Yeah. I I love it. Really? (laughs) And the last one is, uh, this is from Portugal. Good old Portugal. The one who renamed Psycho. Lost in translation is meetings and failures in meetings. What? It was lost in translation, all right. (laughs) Yeah. My goodness. Congratulations, you translators. Wow. <laughs> and that's sad. That is, no, that's amazing. I love it. <laughs> All right. Uh, you, you guys ready to get into the main topic? Yep. All right. Let's get into it. Absolutely. All right. So tonight, uh, now after last week, which we had an amazing episode of the Beatles versus the Stones. And obviously we came out with a clear winner. Um, Fuck yeah. <laughs> Uh, the listeners. So <laughs> tonight, our, uh, we, we just started discussing, you know, more music, more music, more music. Now, we thought we'd give it, you know, one more go. Not of, like, who's better than who. But we started talking about MTV Unplugged. So, it, and we're going to talk about our favorite episodes. We Well, pretty much we picked two of our favorite artists of those that have appeared on there. And we're going to talk a little bit about them. What we liked, what we didn't like, you know, anything and everything we want about it. So, it's true. Yeah. So, except some, some of us are fucking rebels, and we did three. You did three. I did three. Mm. Brad, I think you need to go well, do I some watch, gardening. I watched three. Who the fuck is Brad? <laughs> Sir Bradley. I've never seen this guy that y'all keep calling Brad. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, okay, so for who isn't familiar with what uh, MTV Unplugged uh, was and still is, um, it started out back in the late 80s, early 90s. Uh, it's a TV series on MTV, obviously calling it MTV Unplugged, which showcased you know musical artists uh, playing their music on acoustic instruments, generally. Um, the first run of the show, it's had a few. The first run of the show ran from 89 to 99. Then it aired less frequent, uh, frequently with a bunch of specials from 2000 to 2009, which was usually billed as unplugged 2.0 because they named everything 2.0 after the turn of the millennium, which was stupid. Um, but then it's recently made a comeback with some of the more modern artists, which 
If you know anything about modern artists, most of the time they don't play their own instruments. So I'm not going to get into that, though. I mean, that's a sore subject for me. <laughs> I, no, you know what? Here's my opinion. If you just create music on a computer and not on an instrument itself, you do not know how to create. You do not know how to write music. You're learning how you to not, create a computer program that sounds nice. Good job. You are not an artist. You are an entertainer. There's You're a computer programmer. That is what you are. I'm sorry. I am sore about this. <laughs> I'm really sore about it. Uh, so. <laughs> If you're sore, you should rub some Bengay on that. Yeah, I think I went. I think I went gardening earlier. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, some some of the listeners like, yeah, we waited for two people to laugh. <laughs> <clears throat> I've got some interesting information about the beginnings of it. Um, that it was initially just. Let me just let me just say that yeah. some of us are respectful and keep our phones on mute so we're not making all kind of weird noises in the background. So <laughs> but I'm doing I'm doing the gym look from the office. <laughs> or you know, fuck me. You know, what am I talking about? <laughs> um, by the way, guys, I'm w i am I will uh, label this as uncensored, so don't go overboard. Uh, but I'll have a disclaimer at the beginning of this. So, <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, don't. Say. Yeah, Un just don't go overboard. For yeah, that makes. I do have mute buttons, by the way. So. <laughs> oh Lord, I'd have to mute myself. God. Uh, anyway, did you guys know that MTV was turned down, or uh, unplugged was actually turned down by MTV? The idea of it. Uh, it actually had to make a second round before, you know, they decided to say, okay, well, you know, we'll give it a shot. Uh, Honestly, I'm not really surprised, but it did turn out to be one of their bigger, bigger draws in the mid to late night. Yeah, because they were still showing um, music videos and to have a program like that, a, the network they didn't think would, be able to make a bunch of money because you know you don't have separate concert goers paying all this money to you know see these people perform they're putting it on for free pretty much for people on tv not only that but you know a lot of these artists were kind of you know on their last legs it seemed like and then they did this and of course took off again um, but a lot of these episodes i mean it wasn't just MTV Unplugged uh, for rock. I mean, it actually spanned different genres. Obviously, it started with rock music. Uh, we've had some rap on there, uh, pop music, as well as some Spanish music, which isn't a surprise because what did we talk about a couple weeks ago? The Latin Explosion. So, obviously, Shakira and a few others were on there. Yep. And, uh, you know, it it did well. Um, I think the later that we got into it, it... I think it just lost touch with viewers. Um, it yeah. was very much a, uh, it, it became very much a, we don't want to sit and watch a four hour or, you know, an hour long program of music. We want to see our three minute video and be done. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we've, we've all chosen different ones. We had Sir Bradley uh, chose three artists the rest of us have chosen two uh, to talk about. But before we get into that, uh, there's a lot of other artists who have appeared on the show um, who have since released their sessions as albums. We've had Rod Stewart, Paul McCartney, Shakira, which Paul McCartney was the first, by the way, to, re uh, to release his uh, session as, a, as an album. Tony Bennett, Jay-Z, Eric Clapton, and a lot of them. I mean, it, when I'm saying this has continued on through today, we've got Miley, Miley Cyrus, uh, Liam Gallagher, of course, uh, Shawn Mendes, uh, the Scorpions, 30 Seconds to Mars, and Adam Lambert. I mean, shoot, just this year alone, we started, uh, well, I say we, MTV is actually bringing it back yet again for another rendition of it because of the coronavirus and everybody's having to stay at home. They have started Unplugged at Home. I'm sorry, did I hear Liam Gallagher? Yes. Huh. No. I would not have thought that. Oh, uh, yeah, you've mentioned it. So, 
If you didn't mention it, I would have worried about you. <laughs> and why? Because well, Oasis nope. is awesome. There goes a note. Yeah, there you go. Sorry. <laughs> wah, 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 you can retell it in your style. Did you mute him? No. Oh, just a bummer. Um, all right with this with this unplugged at home i don't know how the quality is going to be because it's going to be pretty much people sitting on their webcam playing music you know playing their music um performing it but they're expected you know some of the expected artists are wyclef jean jewel uh phineas melissa etheridge monster x uh alessia cara which is the first person performing uh, first episode, Shaggy and Youngblood. Those are the ones that are expected right now. So we may see more of that or the ratings could say, why did you do that? You just spent like $20 million pulling these people out of uh, obscurity, yeah, uh, re-obscurity, and uh, you've lost so much money. Don't do it. Yeah, let's be, honest. let's be honest. I knew about two of the people that you named. <laughs> Jewel? Wyclef. And, and Wyclef, yeah. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> Well, we all know why we uh, recognize Jewel because, man, I would have liked to play some foolish games with her when I was younger. Who who will save your soul? (laughs) Not her. Wyclef, maybe. Okay. Do you all, did you all uh, do any sort of looking into about why uh, the show was created itself? Uh, I'll, I'll be honest. I did not. Um, Basically because. I, my ties to the show, I don't really have an opinion about why they did it, um, more so than it has. So. Well, from what I read, there's a there was a few things worked into that. Of course, there's rumors saying, no, it was mainly one. I think it was kind of a combination of three different things. Uh, one was like um, the creators or the producers of the show, Jim Burns and Robert Small, were inspired by an acoustic encore to Bruce Springsteen's show. And then, of course, uh, <clears throat> another producer uh, whose last name is uh, uh, Jules Shear, uh, I guess is a, not like a creator, but more of an artist. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Sorry, my, my throat's a little rough today. Did a lot of talking. Uh, she what? got the idea of doing this for her own acoustic album from watching Bon Jovi and members of Bon Jovi playing acoustic set during the 89 MTV Music Awards. So, Hey, the map. Yeah. Are, are you, like, behind me? Are you reading my fucking notes? <laughs> Chime in any time, man. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say that what I had heard that kind of got the ball mo- uh, moving on, on this uh, MTV Unplugged was, uh, now, I didn't I didn't go and get any names or anything like that, but, <laughs> but I was told that uh, some producers uh, were inspired uh, to do the MTV Unplugged uh, due to the Richie Sambora, John Bon Jovi yeah. um, uh, segment uh, that they played live at the MTV Music Awards. If yep. I'm not mistaken, 1989, I thought. Correct. Um, yeah, so that's what I heard. Yeah. Didn't, and I, I may be remembering this incorrectly, so forgive me because I was like seven at the time. Didn't they do uh, like Dead or Alive in that set? Uh, they did. Uh, uh, Mistaken, it was wanted dead or alive and living on a prayer. Yes, living on a prayer was That's... the was the more popular of uh, in the set. I'm I'm sorry, I'm still partial to to wanted dead or alive as a acoustic, basically because it was just so raw, like it was so emotional and raw, like you don't get that from electric stuff. Yeah, and that's that's one of the things why you know. It is actually an important show. It is that it did stuff like that. It gave artists a new outlet to showcase their talents, a new way for artists to find a new audience, and it gave them a way to give their careers a much-needed boost, such as Rod Stewart, who was big in the 70s, and he just kind of fell off the earth in the 80s. Uh, Page and Plant, same thing. Uh, Allison Chains was kind of on the way down with Lane Staley just because of his health. Uh, Nirvana, let's, of course, uh, because their sales were starting to. 
uh, Nirvana because their sales are starting to slump a little bit. Uh, and also because of Kurt Cobain's health and as well as Kiss because they were pretty much playing like, you know, uh, uh, what do you call them? Uh, conventions. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, they were just, they were doing the tour scene at that point. Yeah, to like two, three hundred people in a room at the most. Um, but that's pretty much, you know, some of the background on MTV Unplugged and why we're, why we decided to do this episode tonight was because of, you know, it's got some of our favorite artists on there. There's some really great performances. And, uh, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about them. So who wants to go first? I've done a lot of talking, so I'll, I'll hold off for a minute. I uh, I would be more than happy to go first because the, the two that I've done are a little more obscure, I think, maybe. Um, not necessarily obscure. I mean, they're still big-name artists, but uh, probably not the most popular episodes. <laughs> uh, Fire away. But, uh, <laughs> so the, the first episode that I did uh, was cool. And for anybody that knows me knows that in high school, Corn uh, uh, was a very, very, very big band. Um, I owned all their CDs at that point. It was they were a huge influence on my musical uh, taste, and I even went and seen them perform uh, back in the summer of 2000, which would probably be either right after or right before the episode, but. For any of the listeners that know who Korn is, um, Korn was very much a heavy band. Like they were, they relied a lot on the electrical reverbs, and they used kickboards a lot. Yeah, I was surprised to see that they did an unplugged. I had no idea. Well, and and here's the honest thing about it: me being a fan of Korn for as long as I have been had no clue that they had done an unplugged album or an unplugged set. So um, for me to go back and rewatch it at this point in my life, it was uh, beyond amazing. Um, so for anybody who knows the band, um, they, they put out their fifth studio album called Issues. Um, and it was right after Issues come out is when they did um, – the unplugged set, and that's when I went and seen them in concert way back in the year of 2000. Um, so let's date myself there a little bit. But, um, you know, seeing them live several times and knowing what they sound like on a CD, you don't really expect to get the same feel uh, from an unplugged set because you don't have the real heavy push of the bass. You don't have the effects of of whammy bars and all the electronics that are used in today's music especially in today's rock uh what was that you cut out that but, last couple of seconds on my end oh sorry i was just saying that uh you don't really get the effects of like the heavy bass because mm -hmm. it's not you know they're not using amplifiers and you don't get the whammy bar effects, and you don't get the electronic effects from from you know the boards and all that stuff that people use today. Uh, but the their use of instruments to make the same noises was amazing. Like they they had some different drum instruments and uh, percussion instruments that replicated some of the the same sounds on the album. So. Uh, I was really pleased with uh, how authentic they kept it. Mm -hmm. uh, but I will have to say they did two songs, um, two of my favorites, by the way. Uh, they did uh, the song Freak on a Leash, which came out on Follow the Leader in 1997, I believe, 97 or 98. Um, I'll double-check that. But um, they did a duet with Amy Lee from Evanescence. And... It was chilling, just the fact of, if you listen to the production song, uh, like if you listen to it on the CD or see it live, how heavy and how, you know, just bogged down the song is. Uh, but to watch them do it with no power, to do just normal acoustic instruments, 
it took on like a scary feel as opposed to an angry feel. Like it was, it actually gave me chills when I listened to it, but um, they did that. And then they did a uh, cover of uh, make me bad, which is off their issues album, which was the next album that come out. Um, and they did it with Robert Smith of the cure. <laughs> so half of the song was make me bad. And half of the song was a cure song. Um, but what I really found interesting about that is Jonathan Davis, uh, who I've done a lot of research about, but Jonathan Davis had a rough childhood. It, it kind of him to make the music, but uh, he basically says in an interview before they do the song, he says, Robert Smith and the Cure got me through high school. <laughs> and I can totally see where he gets that in his music. So. And I can completely relate to that because uh, I followed the cure when I was in high school too. I mean, they were, they had just put out a brand new album uh, and I used yeah. to, I called uh, uh, blood flowers that I used to listen to on repeat, especially their song. Uh, Maybe someday. Oh my God. And I'm right there with them. It's just uh, it, the fact that it was just like, uh, it made their music go from angry to heartfelt. And I, I don't think anybody that ever listened to Corn on a CD or saw them in concert would say their music is heartfelt. <laughs> uh, and it definitely opened up another side of them for me. No. Uh, <laughs> but it definitely opened up another side of them for me to see the emotion that actually went into this music. And, and sometimes I don't think that emotion was anger, but it comes out as anger in rock and roll. Right. So, well, it depends. I think it would have helped them uh, a little bit if people didn't, as soon as they walked out on stage, immediately start mosh pitting. So, <laughs> <laughs> But in all fairness, you have to admit their music was very mosh. Like, oh yeah, it was, absolutely. It was, it was for the time it was heavy. It was, probably one of the heavier bands that ever made it popular um, yeah. and, and made it to that level. So, uh, But for me, of course, Corn is always going to hold a special place in my heart because of high school um, and from the memories that I had from the music and the concert and, and all that stuff. So um, it, was just, it was very chilling to me. It was very eye-opening that... Uh, it wasn't just uh, being pissed off all the time. <laughs> like uh, there, there was actual other emotions that went into there. And ladies and gentlemen, this is the band Corn K O R N, not C O R N. If you want to look them up, that's a vegetable. <laughs> thank, thank you, Matt. I, I appreciate that. Um, that's obvious. Hey, hey, hey! I, I'm just trying to point out how how ignorant some of these listeners probably are. Email me. Damn, man. <laughs> Email me. Uh, yes, that's that's K O R N. Usually with the backwards R. Um, look them up. Go check them out. Or the right uh, way around <laughs> for some of our listeners. Oh, <laughs> oh wow! Um, I can't remember how many studio albums they have. It's it's eight or nine now, and maybe closer to ten. Um, but yeah, definitely if you were a fan of. Uh, heavy rock or, or heavy metal. Um, the last time, that I, I'll say this, this is the genre I'll put them in. The last time I went and seen them, they played the Slipknot. <laughs> so, and only Corn can, uh, can cause one of its own band members to go find Jesus. Man, y'all leave that alone. <laughs> He'll forgive me. He's Christian. A true story. Uh, all right, so do you want me to talk about my second one, or do we want to let somebody else talk about their main? Go ahead and finish yours up. Uh, uh, since the mains you know, do take the longest, we don't just want to go back in and touch on If you're just going to touch on it, go right ahead. Yeah, no, so the second one I chose to watch was Alice in Chains. And, uh, again, for the people that know me, know that uh, I have a, a link with uh, Alice in Chains, basically because of high school and everything and uh i will say it wasn't it wasn't as eye-opening for me as it was for because a lot of their stuff was not as heavy 
um, so I could see it translate more to the unplugged scenario. Mm-hmm. Uh, but man, mm-hmm. to, say, to say that Lane was on point, <laughs> like, I don't think I've ever heard a better performance of, of Down in a Hole ever. <laughs> like, any live show, any, any CD, it was just, he was so on point in his performance. And from what I understand, there there was some major concern about if he could actually pull this off. His health was very um, iffy at that point in time, and unfortunately, no longer with us. But uh, yeah, I mean, beyond that, but uh, Alice and Chains are still making music; they're still touring. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I, I'm not sure of who the lead singer is they have at this point. Um, definitely not Lane, but not horrible. He does a sufficient job. Well, I mean, you uh, can't repl- you can't replace Lane Staley. It's like a lot of these bands. You cannot replace the person that makes the band, you know, who they are. You can try. You can say it's all about the music. Really, these are four individuals creating something or five or however many. And if you take one away and replace with somebody, you're putting in something different. And that kind of goes into, you know, my conversation with one of the bands that I chose. So, um, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's different. But yeah, so um, if you're, uh, and and I will put them as much as I hate to do this, I will put them in the grunge category because they were out at the same time as like, Nirvana and uh, what's the other band? Pearl Jam. Uh, what's the other band? Hey, back off! I'm not a big Pearl Jam fan. <laughs> what the f- is wrong with you? <laughs> uh, I, I'm not. I'm not a fan of, of listening to music. I really can't understand the lyrics on. And and if I can can't hear find it, a better band. <laughs> <laughs> If I can emulate the lead singer, uh, it's not good. So look, I'm just look, the movie Ted made fun of Pearl Jam and Eddie Vedder singing. He said, "Any nine, you know the songs from the '90s when you can't understand what the lead well, singer is singing." Be, yes, but to be fair, that was more Hootie and the Blowfish because <laughs> you could do any '90s song with just vowels. Yeah. Hey, I owe you. I'm I'm just like I'm just I'm throwing it out there. I'm gonna be honest. Like I I like Pearl Jam. I really do too. I'm not a huge fan, but that song right there, the lyrics, ease and flow. That's all I know. Yeah, that's that's it because nobody else knows what the hell he was talking about. Well, you but, can, the same can be said for some of the music that Stone Temple Pilots put out too. You know, of of course, you know, may and, he rest and, in peace. And, Dude, go ahead. I was going to say, let's be honest. Weird Al made a song about Nirvana because Kurt Cobain <laughs> didn't pronounce his words correctly, and in part of the song, he basically says it's hard to understand with all these marbles in my mouth. So I kind of, it was kind of the time period, but uh, yeah. I just wasn't as big of a Pearl Jam fan as I was Alice in Chains and Nirvana and STP. Like those were what I considered hardcore grunge. But that is another show, and I will let somebody else come in and take over. My mind is just completely blown that you can't under, under you don't understand Eddie better, but you understand Jonathan Davis. Uh, well, sometimes, yeah. More times than I did any better. I know okay. on Freak on a Leash, she goes, go. Da, 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 oh, shoot, da. I'll go next. I don't care. Well, you, uh, you vocalized first, so go right ahead, Brad. I need to find out who the f*** Brad guy is that you guys keep talking about, but, uh, I don't see him, so he's sure, the, I'll go. He's the ghost in your window, man. Uh, hey, I got He's the voice inside your mind. Okay. Hey, those um, are the two first uh, lines of a song we should be writing. <laughs> Ultra unplugged. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, man. Uh, so, uh, going over this list, and, and I, I looked over it again uh, just yesterday, 
because I did have a, a few, you know, some ideas of, of what I wanted to, uh, of the groups I wanted to talk about. Um, and going up this list, um, it kind of made me realize that I, I wanted to add a third one in there. And I, by looking on this list, I was completely dumbfounded by the fact that Nickelback was on there. If you're going to talk about uh, Nickelback, I need change. Um, the most <laughs> the most popular hated band ever yet. Okay. Now, Nickelback, that was just a joke uh, because there's no way in hell I, I would uh, <laughs> go into uh, a little bit about Nickelback. Uh, so, just a joke. However, um, I, I did battle back and forth between who was going to be my number two and who potentially be the third one or, or not talked about at all. Um, but um, I did decide to go with uh, Bon Jovi. Um, this this happened uh, June 22nd of 07, which I honestly, I kind of would have expected uh, them to, uh, to do one probably in the mid-late 90s and uh, was really kind of uh, unexpected. To, to see that, that um, I know we lost somebody. Uh, yeah, we lost Tom. But uh, what kind of phone does he have? <laughs> there he is. Oh, there he is. Uh, I, I'm assuming that he has not upgraded his phone. No, but there's one on the way. Should be here much. Oh, okay. We'll, we'll see if that one has any better luck. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I was really dumbfounded that that Bon Jovi didn't have one uh, in the early, or uh, any time in the '90s, uh, because that that seemed to be kind of um, you know when they were kind of on top. Uh, but anyway, it was '07 whenever whenever they did this. But uh, they went out all out. They had uh, and, I, and I don't know the the fact of of who this was, but there was an orchestra that they used, um, mm-hmm. and that seems to to kind of be. Uh, I guess a theme with me, I think all of them uh, that that are on my list uh, have an orchestra. orchestra. Yeah, uh, but uh, but Bon Jovi actually had um, a couple of uh, famous uh, or hot uh, musicians at, at the time uh, to come on and do a thing with him. Now I watched this Bon Jovi. Um, uh, unplugged, and honestly, it felt a little bit more like VH1 storytellers, to be honest. Um, because uh, you know, John Bon Jovi, you know, he's he's talking uh, in between every song, and a lot of times describing the song. So it, it did seem a lot more like a VH1 storyteller. But uh, but he did have the, uh, the guitarist and uh, singer for All American Rejects uh, to do "It's My Life" with them. Oh, cool. Which uh, some of my favorite Bon Jovi songs? It, it took uh, it took a little while for "It's My Life" to kind of to kind of grow on me a little bit. It, when I first heard it, I wasn't that crazy about it, but this uh, version of it was just oh wow! It, it floored me. Um, it was uh, done so well, and um, someone else that that it seemed like kind of fell off the face of the earth uh, or at least to me anyway but um he, they did a uh, a duet uh with leanne rhymes um it was uh till we ain't strangers anymore uh really yeah that was yeah. Uh, that was not long before they decided they were going to do a little bit of country and team up with that, sugar that's an awesome rhymes. song yeah, yeah they, song. that was kind of them they, dipping their toe into it let's <laughs> see what the reaction would be Back in the like mid to mid late two thousand, um, yeah, kind of, which I was like, ah, you know, it's Bon Jovi. No, it's not country. Please don't do this. But you know, they did, and they made the stuff sound good anyway. So, you know, what the hell do I know? So, but uh, uh, there were songs that, that I would have really enjoyed to hear, you know, on here. But you know, there there were. Some uh, some of their bigger hits, you know, that they did on here, but uh, I do believe that they probably did a little bit of, you know, promotion as well, you know, mm-hmm. um, like uh, you know, pr- pretty much all musicians do, you know, 
you know, if they're released, just released a, an album. You know? So, you know, they're going around and they're playing these songs. It's not necessarily their hits, but, you know, maybe they're trying to become hits or whatever. But, uh, but yeah, unfortunately, there, there was no uh, um, Always, which is my favorite uh, Bon Jovi song. Um, no Wanted, Dead or Alive. But but we did hear you know living on a prayer, you give love a bad name. It's my life. Also done. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard it or not, but he Bon Jovi does an amazing version of Hallelujah, dude. Oh, I was hoping yes. that you would mention that because I got to see Bon Jovi live uh, in Nashville at the time. It was Gaylord Entertainment Center. Now I think it's like Summit Summit Summit. I don't know. Um, and he did Hallelujah, and he held out that final note for so long. I shit you not, like his skin went into his skeleton. You could see the outline of his bones in his entire head uh, turned white, and I thought dude was going to pass out. And I, I mean, that is the first, possibly the only time during a concert that I got chills. I've got, I've got two, I need to put my two cents Incredible. in for, for Bon Jovi. I know Bon Jovi over the years has got, they've always gotten a bad rap. They never really got the, the, the respect that they truly deserve. And Man. go to YouTube and listen to uh, just his vocal where they've taken the music out and just have the vocal of him singing, living on a prayer I kid you not, the range on that man is unmasked, yeah. or it used to be. And he's getting a lot of flack now because he doesn't have the range. He's in his 60s, people. I you remember know? almost everything about that show. I, I mean, that dude, he, he earned his money that night. Yeah. That was incredible. I don't know how many shirt changes he had to do because of all the sweat. Yeah, and he still what? does the same thing today. I mean, the only real difference oh, is, man. yeah, he doesn't have his range. That's why he has the audience sing with him. He would legit, like, he would disappear. He would, he would go backstage. And uh, it, Richie is a guitarist because he's done solo stuff uh, himself. He would take over and do some of his things. John would come back out wearing a completely different shirt. Yeah. And that happened at least five times throughout the course of the whole show. <laughs> I actually have uh, their most uh, recent album on my phone. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I'd bought it because, I mean, I just, I love Bon Jovi. Uh, okay, well, for anybody that doesn't know what the name of that album is, uh, it's called This House Is Not For Sale. It's not, well, it's gotten to be anymore. It's the typical Bon Jovi modern sound, um, which I hate that people say, it's a dentist office sound. No, it's it's actually, it's it's music. It's good feeling music. And that's why, what he's always been about. And that's why they've always changed over time so that, you know, he can be related by the widest audience uh, possible. And that man is a great philanthropist. I will always stand up for Bon Jovi. What he's doing right now with the coronavirus still in his, you know, a free restaurant for the needy. He's in there himself serving people, cooking dishes, you know, doing what he needs to do, spending all that money for the for people that need it. Can uh, can I just take a quick survey here? Because it seems like we're all big Bon Jovi fans, and I don't want to get into my two cents about all of it. But <laughs> what is your favorite? What is your favorite Bon Jovi album? Slippery when wet. <laughs> uh, mine is Crossroads. Uh, people a lot of times refer that as to the greatest hits album, but um, it still has some new uh, music on there. A lot of a lot it, of perform, uh, bands did that back then. It had a um, a, a new version of um, "Living on a Prayer," which is called "Prayer '94," which is my favorite version yep. of uh, of "Living on a Prayer." Um, it had it had the the addition of um, uh, shit. Now I can't think of the damn song. Um, damn it. Okay. Uh, you give love a bad name. Someday I'll be Saturday night. Uh, Someday I'll be Saturday night. Yes, that was uh, one of the additional ones uh, that, that was, you know, not already a, a hit. Yeah. Uh, but it turned out that my favorite song uh, was released on that album. Always. Always. Yeah. So mine um, is actually the Circle. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. 
and the the main reason for that, I, I don't know if it's because of where I was uh, at that time. Uh, I just graduated high school uh, when that one came out, but we weren't born to follow is probably my favorite Bon Jovi song, and it, and it was on the Circle album. Yeah, that came out in the uh, mid to late 2000s, wasn't it? Uh, it was uh, 2008, 2009. Okay, yeah, I thought so. No, no, no I'm sorry. I graduated. Yeah, I just graduated, so it was definitely 2000. It was, it was November, actually. I just it was it right before Bon Jovi stopped uh, dyeing his hair. <laughs> no, I'm not saying that to be you know, funny. He actually, he stopped dying his hair because he thought, why am I covering this up? I'm aging. I am who I am. <laughs> it is. Uh, so I've, so I've always done respect for, for John Bon Jovi. So, you know, what's really funny and, and this is probably hard to say about many bands, but my favorite album is none of the ones that you guys mentioned. <laughs> Jersey. 400 degrees Fahrenheit. Ah, yeah, okay. Uh, Runaway is probably my favorite John Bon Jovi song ever. Like, um, that's up there. That's high on my list. And that, mm-hmm. that was their, if I'm not mistaken, that was their first single. It was. It was their first single off their first album. Yeah. yeah. And they've got a, uh, a new one coming. Um, let me see exactly when that... This month. This month. Well, they're supposed yep, to. We don't know if it's actually going to get released yet because of the coronavirus, but yeah. It's supposed to be yeah, this Yeah, I'm sure it will. Uh, May 15th is the release date, and it, it hasn't changed yet. Uh, but it is the 15th studio album. Yep. Um, so uh, let's, let's just say shout-out to, to Bon Jovi. Um, yes. You have you have continued to go with the times. You make amazing music. Yeah. Uh, he also was the shout out great Rock. show, great performer. Yeah. Slippery When Wet is the second. Uh, well, Bon Jovi was my second and third uh, vinyl records uh, that I ever bought. So second was Slippery When Wet. The third, uh, the third one was uh, New Jersey. So Slippery When Wet um, was probably their most popular album at the time. Yeah. Uh, because it had, you know, you gave Love a Bad Name, um, One living Dead on or Love, Living on a Prayer. Like, all that stuff come off Slippery When Wet. Uh, great album, but if I had to pick a favorite, it's going to be 400 degrees. Who's your other artist, Sir Bradley? Um, I, well, I, I was first say I'm really glad that uh, Bon Jovi, you know, kind of struck a chord with everybody here. I really didn't know that, but... Um, but I had to, to put Bon Jovi on there. I got a good friend uh, that lives in Jersey, and he's a, a, a Bon Jovi aficionado. So well, he lives in Jersey. So uh, I used to read uh, Conan the Barbarian comic books listening to uh, Bon Jovi. <laughs> oh, so you're a Jersey boy. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I got a Jersey thing. But, you know, I, I got a good friend uh, that lives in Jersey, and he talks about Bon Jovi all the time. So, Thomas. If you're listening, that's for you. It's a Jersey uh, thing. Shout out to job. Thomas from Thomas. Jersey. Thomas. That's right. Way to go. Um, so anyway, my second one um, that I have, this was my very first, I, I guess if you want to call it, my, my very first favorite artist. Um, but I, this person, I got into their music before I got into anybody else's music. Um, and that's Mr. Brian Adams. Oh yeah, yeah. That's a. He brings me back to such happy memories. He really does. He, I love um, Brian Adams. Number one song when I was born. And does anybody know that song? Everything I do, I do it for you. Yes, sir. I'm gonna have to say everything I do. Yeah. <laughs> so you were born in '92. One. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, okay. what it was made for the soundtrack, the Robin Hood Prince uh, Prince of Thieves. Uh, so. It, it was. Uh, I am partial to Summer of 69 myself. Oh, yeah. All of these songs that you guys are mentioning have been my favorite Brian Adams song at some point. Um, Cuts Like a Cuts Knife, like, Heaven. Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> Cuts Like a Knife. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, me and my, my friend Thomas that I just gave a shout out to, uh, me and him just did a, uh, a duet of Heaven on this uh, app called Smule. 
if I'm saying that right. So, and, and it, it turned out, I think. So, uh, but, um, but Brian Adams and Bon Jovi kind of have a link together, and that is that they were supposed to be touring together this year. Ah. Well, that would have so, been you mean, good. You mean Brian Adams Man, finally, finally found himself crawling out of Japan? I would have paid <laughs> to see that show. You know, I was telling you when I saw Bon Jovi, there was not a um, an opener listed at all. It was just supposed to be Bon Jovi. And I was looking at the merchandise stand. I kept seeing DC. Who the hell is DC? And uh, so we go in and take our seats and the show starts. It was Dashboard Confessional. Uh, Whoa, I just had a massive uh, college flashback. Yeah, well, I knew them because of Spider-Man. Spider-Man 2. Yeah. uh, Vindicated, which is a great song. But then they played it that night. But it was a nice surprise. I was like, damn, I thought we were just seeing Bon Jovi. Okay. Not trying to stray away from Brian Adams too far. Now, uh, yeah, I have seen Bon Jovi once myself. Um, I was lucky enough to, to get to see one of my favorite bands at the time. Uh, which was Goo Goo Dolls actually opened up for Bon Jovi when I saw him. That's awesome. Love, love me some Goo Goo Dolls. Very good. This was, at, this was at the height of their popularity, too. So, um, I mean, they were, you know, a headliner of themselves, but yet they were opening for Bon Jovi. So, hmm. but, um, but anyway, Mr. Brian Adams, he, his performance was September 26th of 1997. And um, we've talked about a, lot, uh, a few covers during this show so far and i'll tell you one of my favorite covers ever was of a brian adams well everything i do i do it for you uh mr stewie griffin my god <laughs> shout out to stewie griffin one well, of the best covers okay ever. okay you know what i love is that when he <laughs> said that i heard the missus say oh yeah. my god in the background bravo not, not, bravo not a family guy fan Thank uh, you. hi reva Hello. <laughs> Not a Join us on mic anytime. Sore subject, but uh, now this one I actually did get uh, the performing orchestra, uh, and it's um, not that I know them all that well, but apparently it's a very famous school, the Juilliard School of uh, Arts and Music, I think is what it's called. Yeah. But uh, it's in New York City. You know that Juilliard School. <laughs> So, so, some little unheard of school. Uh, that, that little rinky-dink hole in the wall where Robin Williams went, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Christopher uh, Reeve. And <laughs> Christopher, Alex Sharp. So many. Uh, but now this uh, this Brian Adams um, uh, performance, this was actually one of the few that actually had a, an official release. Um, and it, it actually sold over 5 million copies. So. And this is Brian Adams with a B, not Ryan Adams' audience. It's correct. And thank you for, for bringing that up. Um, Anytime I've yeah, ever mentioned Brian Adams to, to anybody 10 years younger than me, they're going, oh, oh, he's a, doesn't he put out an album lately? No, it is not Ryan Adams. It's Brian Adams. Yeah. yeah so uh, so that one I, I was really into. Um, I own the, the CD. Uh, release. I, I still own the DVD release, um, and they are they have different set lists uh, for whatever reason. You're going to catch uh, a few songs that are on CD but not on the DVD, and vice versa. Um, uh, they're probably so, just trying to capitalize on uh, trying to sell as many units of each as possible. You know, you get people that are like, "Why would I want the um, you know watch him perform when I can just hear all that he's got?" Or you know, "Why would I want to buy the CD?" If all I'm going to do is buy the DVD anyway, it goes both ways. So, yeah, I'm just going to assume that that's uh, the Mick. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Sorry. Imagine that. <laughs> man, that really doesn't get old, man. You know. Imagine that. I'm just glad you picked the appropriate parking lot this time. <laughs> I'm at the same. That's the last time. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Thank you, Alan. I appreciate you having my back. <laughs> no problem. So, if you could just get your name straight. <laughs> so, as you were saying, <laughs> Sir Bradley. Um, and, and, and just like uh, Bon Jovi, he, uh, uh, Brian Adams, he did have three new songs that were played at that time. And it was Back to You, When You Love Someone, and A Little Love. 
Uh, so once again, that was kind of like, uh, hey, we're we're promoting as well. So, gee, that seems when, to be a trend. When you love someone was probably uh, one of my favorite songs th- of his as well. Are you thinking of when you love someone? There, tiny. Or are you thinking of uh, uh, when you love a woman? From Don Juan DeMarco, that Johnny Depp movie. Or when a man loves a woman. Oh, no. <laughs> Still draws. Now, it's something that I didn't really mention uh, with with Bon Jovi, but uh, but even more so with Brian Adams. And not that this is probably going to sound a tad sexist. Um, I, it's not intended to come across that way at all. But, man, weren't, weren't these two artists really... Didn't they have some panty dropping music? <laughs> uh, you would know. Brad, Sir Bradley's drop every night. <laughs> but I mean, especially especially Brian Adams. I mean, just every song just felt like he was singing directly to this one particular young lady, and every young lady felt that. Man, well. Okay, yeah. I hate to, not that I'm a looker so or anything like that, but when we were like talking that, but, about uh, you know, everything I do, um, we said that come out in like '91, right? Yeah, yeah, no, right. November. Yeah, so I was in. Let's see, I would have been nine, so I was probably in like third or fourth grade, maybe. I'm mm-hmm. I'm not sure of the grades at that point, but uh, I think I, I was going to say I do remember uh, playing that song and writing to my at that point in time quote-unquote girlfriend <laughs> like when you used to write letters and things oh holy yeah crap holy crap i just i got a flashback of who that was uh, i'm sorry <laughs> I, I just said november that was june of 91 um yeah i i i, I think it was i think robin hood was a summer movie if I'm not yeah, mistaken. yeah it was yeah. um yeah but my brother that... took me to the theater to watch that it was really good i enjoyed it when i was little Back then, my favorite movie was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Robin Hood. So, um, <laughs> TMNT for the win. On the Brian Adams, so. Would that have been Secret of the Ooze or the first one? I the, third, the first one. Oh, okay. Hence Secret why Ninja, Ninja Turtles. Uh, the last big role Corey Feldman ever had. Oh, man. But, um, no, no. You didn't see that documentary? That was a pretty big role. <laughs> oh well you know technically his role was support so i don't think you can consider him a lead if you catch my drift <laughs> by the way after what and, and, and you know no disrespect you know i know what he was trying to do um after i watched that i did uh, go out and i and i i didn't say i'll go out i went and i bought his uh, autobiography and I, let me tell you Well, to continue my thought, or at least finish my thought, uh, that Corey Feldman book, Choreography, uh, his autobiography was uh, rough. And I don't mean that uh, it wasn't a good book. It was an outstanding book about his life, but it was rough. Anyway, that's neither here nor there when dealing with uh, MPVs Unplugged. Now, I'm sure you listeners are wondering what just happened, why we were cut off at pretty much at the end of my thought. Well, uh, sometimes that program that we use... Um, the other hosts, I'm the only one on li- uh, live on mic. The other hosts are kind of quote unquote Skyping in, and we're using their phones in order to do that. But sometimes when their phones, you know, their screen goes black, goes to sleep, it cut, uh, drops them out of the little uh, voice program that we use. So, anyway, <laughs> we got back into it and we actually did finish the episode. It lasted a little over two hours. So, we decided we're going to make this a two parter. Of course, we decided that after we recorded this, so, but you know, it is what it is. So this week we've had uh, Sir Bradley as well as Tiny give us their uh, favorite episodes from MTV Unplugged. Uh, Next week you'll have myself, the Mats, as well as Alan's choices for episodes. So with that, uh, before I cut this out... I apologize for the background noise. I'm actually sitting on my back porch, and you can hear our air conditioning unit uh, loud as it can be. But, uh, you know, this is Monday, May 11th, and the episode comes out tomorrow, May 12th, at noon Central Standard Time, as per always. So, (laughs) 
you know, just got to kind of record a little outro for everybody to understand what's going on. So next week we will have MTV Unplugged Part 2. But for this week, um, we're going to go ahead and just say goodbye. I want to thank you listeners, even though I, you know, (laughs) I've been getting harsh lately, but eh, it is what it is. Uh, It's all just a joke anyway. Uh, I just like to kid and tease. I do appreciate you listeners, every single one of you. (laughs) Um, Anyway, if you would like to find us on social media, we've got Facebook and Twitter. We're both at Soaking Nostalgia and Deadpan Studio 18. Uh, We also have our website, deadpan-studio.com. We have our email, SoakingNostalgia at gmail.com. We've got our DeadpanStudio18 at gmail.com email. And, of course, if you're already listening to us, we're streaming on one of your favorite services, but we're also available on these certain ones, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, as well as deadpanstudio.podbean.com. Podbean is our server. Uh, It hosts our podcasts and sends them all out to the streaming verse. But, anyway, thank you all for joining us this week for Soaking Nostalgia. This week... I was the Matt, and I was joined by Sir Bradley, Alan, and Tiny. Y'all take care. We'll see y'all next week.